I figured before I posted this episode, I'd put something personal for this. Um, because this episode is going to air, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a couple of days after my mom's birthday. My mom was a strong woman, a caring woman. She was the type of person that you would have a friend that comes over, sit down, have a conversation. There would be special food for that person. Uh, a six pack of beer that my mom liked and my friends would like. Um, and that's why I modeled the show after the feeling where you can come in and well, the model show now you can come in and sit and feel welcome. And even though I'll have main people come on, that's why I like people popping in and out. It's just, you know, it feels like home. Um, she would have been 69 today. She's a strong willed, very charismatic, very beautiful Irish woman that always says, you know, life's too short to care about what will be tomorrow. Um, the thing she kept going by when during her cancer treatments is that she was bloody Irish and meant for everybody around her that she was going to fight to the end. And she did. On this birthday of 69, I love you, Mom. I'm happy you are where you are, but there's not a day I miss you. Welcome to Crazy Pinfall Podcast. We've got the two most amazing people I know that have their own show. And that's other than Fightful, and I'm excluding myself. Um, Is that <laughs> to be Stephen Larson? <laughs> you got Tim and Joel and Ring from Tim and Joel and the Ring on YouTube, also in PW Unlimited. I've done s stuff with these guys. Joel's been on the show numerous times. Tim's been evading me for a little bit, trying to get on the show. <laughs> so busy, man. Uh, last night was awesome. Your partner was burying people left and right. <laughs> Damn, why is it every time I hear you go out into the world, you, you starting like crap with everyone? What's going on? Hey, listen, man, if I can't get our brand out into the open without oh uh, putting down a few people, then I don't think we're going to get anywhere in this world. You've been listening to too much Pat McAfee. That's what that sounds like. <laughs> I, I think right. last night, though, it was fun because of the fact that we had, you know, Hannah. Hannah Moore on there, Rob Wilkins and DK on. And I got a message halfway the shoot through the show. And all of a sudden, Jeremy Lambert pops up, says, I need to be on. Send me the link. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and knowing if Jeremy's on, I have to have Joel on because talking video games with them is always fun. So Anakin kept bumping in and out. Tim Traver, who is a great guy, popped in for a little bit and talked about his dad and everything. And then let the burying begin. And at the end, the final person stood besides Hannah at the end was Joel. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. I'll always shut the party down. Yeah, you should change your nickname to King Joel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this weekend past wrestling was pretty cool. NXT, you know, SmackDown and stuff like that. Impact was really good, too. I don't watch much AEW, but what I was reading, it was kind of okay. What show the past week from like Tuesday on till today 
uh, you think had the best show of the week? Um, I'll start. Now, usually I end up with NXT having the better show, despite what, you know, what ratings might say. Yeah. But uh, top to bottom, NXT has been, been putting on pretty solid shows for the last little while. Yeah, 100% agree. Like, I just, they're, they've been my number one for the last little while pretty consistently. Well, for me, NXT is still number one. But if you guys agree with me, Impact, their women's division is the number one, and NXT is still nipping in the heels. Do you think that's still true? Yes. <laughs> there's no, there's no way around it. Impact's women's division is their centerpiece. Their tag teams are also, you know, number one A, but uh, but the women's division at Impact is is definitely what they're after. Absolutely. Like, I mean, it, honestly, Impact's kind of risen to my number two out of everything, which is I don't know, I'll probably get some heat for, but yeah. <laughs> well, everybody needs a little heat now and then. Yeah, yeah. People block everybody. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but. For me, uh, you know, the impact's always going to be number one. NXT's nipping at the heels. I think SmackDown's starting to develop into the third, number three, real closely. And obviously, Raw's the bottom out of the four. AEW's women's division is just crap. Yeah, it's weird right now. Like, I mean, I like the the NWA title stuff, but it's it's kind of not their title, and they're doing things kind of strangely there, so... Are you guys surprised that Tessa Blanchard's still out there and nobody has asked her? Even AEW, who absolutely needs like a top star, is still not pulling a trigger to get somebody that caliber into their women's division, possibly to elevate the women's division into where it could be one of the top three. I'm not at all surprised, to be quite honest. There's way too much heat on her. It hasn't died down. There's enough in the back about how she handles herself and things that she has said and just uh, she hasn't grown up she hasn't grown from the experience and until she's ready and willing to do so i don't think anyone's going to be really ready to take her on that being said could she go to AEW? sure her dad's there it's just one more person that's possibly in her corner um would she wind up in wwe and they would just let it go and eventually people will forget about it or stop worrying about it like they did with riddle and other members who were you know called out during speaking out absolutely not that tessa was called out during speaking out i'm just trying to make a point that whenever there's controversy surrounding a wrestler wwe and other promotions are good at kind of burying it in light of uh how they feature their wrestlers i think it eventually she'll end up in one of these you know big huge brands and stuff like that i wouldn't be surprised and this is a long shot considering nobody's talking about them and i think roh is going to make a huge move tessa if they need a woman you know a high star woman just to get their notoriety i think they would take a shot at tessa but in the end i think AEW might be it just because of the fact like you said her father's there you know there's somebody in the corner it will be like kind of like what Bob Orton did for Randy for a little while, you know, try to keep him yeah. straight and narrow when he was around. I mean, it, that women's division with the NWA title being circular out, there's a potential there, but they're not pulling the trigger on it, which is sad. You also have to remember that when they've been asked in the last little while, uh, the answer from AEW has been a pretty solid no. Uh, not They aren't saying those two letters, but they are 
they're getting there and they are just not ready to pull the trigger on her. I, I think so too. But the thing is at the end of the day, if you're going against NXT who has a solid women's division, you're going to need, even though you have the best tag division for the bar, none pound for pound. I mean, someone was saying, asking about, you know, a wrestle league for AEW in their tag division with 20 tag teams. I mean, if you have that much caliber and high caliber talent in your women's division, even though your men's division is the same level as your tag division, it it's scary that you are overlooking as a company, a whole section, a division of your sec, of your company that could thrive and be equal to all of them. And you could literally dominate every Wednesday night if you have a balanced you know, division across all boards. They're going to go with whatever's moving their needles right now. And for too long, AEW has sat on the, the women aren't moving the needles. Uh, and we've talked about it on our show. The problem has become that the AEW women's division gets placed as a cool down segment after a hot angle. If Cody has a TNT title defense when he was champion, put out the women afterwards. If there was a, a hot Moxley and Eddie Kingston talk down and everyone was all excited about that, put the women on afterwards until they finally understand that the placement of your segments, and they know this, but until they actually try something new, that's not 930 Eastern every single Wednesday until they try that, nothing's going to change. Dark is a great place to watch women wrestle, but it's not making any difference because dark is not an important part of the AEW experience for any fan. Yeah, and it's like it's yeah. really long too. Like I can't even sit through half of that. It's just it takes up too much time. <laughs> yeah. Well, we all consume a vast amount of wrestling a weekly that it's exhausting. It. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's interesting to see all the changes that are going on. I mean they did say on this year boy that Sasha has been talking, saying that she is the greatest women's wrestler of all time in her opinion, which is great confidence. But for me, I think if you had to think the greatest women all time, I, the first name that pops in my head is Alondra blaze. So nobody's, they were all saying Trish and everything else, but you forget that, you know, without the women of the past, there wouldn't be the people we have now. Yeah. It's, it's different times and and Alundra blaze was you know pardon the pun the trailblazer um trish was great in terms of bringing women's wrestling into a more mainstream category but she wasn't a great wrestler and that's coming from me who is a toronto boy and you know cheered her on in every opportunity i had i mean okay so she was like she was a capable wrestler at a time when they were hiring mostly models right so but she was also a model who was hired to be a model and then decided that she wanted to put more into her wrestling. So she automatically became better because she actually tried to wrestle. That's true. And I think like Lita was like the more entertaining ring performer out of the two from that time. And capable. Yeah. Because her story was, yeah. I wanted to be a wrestler. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And considering she was the first one I've ever seen do a moonsault from a woman completely and kept doing it over the years. Yeah. And it didn't look like no. crap half the time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly i'll never forget when she used to valet for sa rios and and i would watch smackdown when it was on upn and she would go and climb the turnbuckle. Mm -hmm. she would hit this random it wouldn't even be smackdown i'd be watching like sunday night yeah. heat 
and she'd come off top rope and it would be amazing. You'd be like, what the hell? Like, that's great. Yeah. And now it it seems like everybody wants to jump off the ropes. So that's not me burying them doing a move. It's just an observation. So at this point in the audio, what we do is we talk about match memories and it's the little form of the channel version, by the way, check it when this is recorded, check out the YouTube show on this past Thursday. Uh, We're recording this on the 18th tomorrow, the 19th, we'll do a live match memories of hell in the cell. Um, If anybody's more welcome to pop in, in the community, you know, you just got to DM me or Rob or something like that. And I'm in the hot seat. It feels weird. (laughs) <laughs> you gotta so, give up control i i love like guiding everything going out there it's not control i just like guiding the conversation and stuff like that but when i'm in there it just feels like oh great okay yeah now i have to be myself like i am in the show and then i just have to let rob take control and i'm like oh great i don't know what i'm, I'm nervous <laughs> um at this point in the, show, uh, in the podcast, we usually talk about match members. And what that is, is that it's a match or a pay-per-view that impacted your life to lead you to this point. Um, I'll start with Joel first and then yeah. Tim. Um, Joel, what is the one match or pay-per-view that changed your life completely to become a fan or impacted your life in general where it just cha- altered your life a little bit? So I'm really glad that you are asking about a full show because when you said a match, I was like, oh, no. I had already thought about which which pay-per-view had done it for me. And I think it was more that it reignited my passion for wrestling. And that was ECW's One Night Stand in 2005. Because I remember being a kid, uh, like a 13-year-old boy in 1999-2000, and watching ECW on TNN and just being like, I shouldn't be watching this, but this is amazing. Because every single... Friday night, my grandmother would come over and have Friday night dinner with my family. And then my family would then drive her back to her place. And sometimes I would stay home. And if they did that, nine times out of 10, I would immediately turn on ECW. (laughs) And it was just a game changer to watch different wrestling from the WCW I would watch on Monday. And then the Raw that I would watch on Tuesday, because in Canada, it wouldn't be on at the same time. They would have it the next day. Uh, And ECW on a Friday night was like just bonkers. So this show really rekindled a love of wrestling that I'd kind of lost over time. What was your favorite match of that pay-per-view? Um, so show. Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka was an incredible, brutal match. I remember watching Awesome and Tanaka feud for the ECW World Championship in 99. Uh, and then watching them kind of revive this whole rivalry was it six years later. They hadn't lost a step. I watched spots that they that I vague, like not vaguely, that I vividly remembered, like going through a table that was placed on the outside, Mike Awesome doing the awesome bomb to Tanaka from inside the ring, outside into a table. Stuff like that was just ridiculous. The whole show itself was memorable. And the best part, not a, one match went over 11 minutes. It yeah, was all that, angles. Wasn't that the same one that Cena lost the title to Rob Van Dam too? No, that was 2006. That was the next year because Rob Van Dam was injured to the, the 2005 oh, show. Oh, yeah. It was his idea. And then he w- was like on the shelf. He came out and cut like a fire promo and brought out Sabu. And then Sabu and Rhino had a match. 
Uh, but Van Dam came out when all of the WWE guys were in the stands and like said, this isn't your night. You shouldn't be here. It's absolute BS. This is, you know, this is our night. This is our celebration. And I'm pissed that I can't perform, but I don't think you should be here raining on our parade. It was really impassioned and Paul Heyman would come out and cut an even more fire promo after yeah. that. Oh, I was going to uh, say that is the Heyman promo. Yeah. People forget about the Rob Van Dam promo because Paul Heyman comes out and like steps up on it. It, it, and he does the whole like sign blank check or was a sign checks bounce and then Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays. They all go in on JBL, who was like massively heat seeking missile man at the time. No. Yeah, everybody wanted a little bit about him. Um, same question for you, yeah, Tim. definitely. Um, I'm gonna say WrestleMania X7 because I think that's actually what got me into wrestling, period uh me and a buddy i was like a 13 year old kid it would have been a couple of years after it aired uh me and a buddy we were renting a bunch of stuff at a blockbuster video for a for a weekend that we were gonna hang out together make me feel old i remember (laughs) blockbuster yeah so we went to blockbuster video and saw what they had to offer so we actually rented a playstation 2 i think it was for the weekend because we couldn't afford to buy one um so we rented a playstation 2 uh, a bunch of n64 games and we just went like wrestling crazy neither one of us had really watched wrestling but we were both kind of curious so we picked up wrestlemania x7 x8 and then the No Mercy N64 games. And then we got like, uh, I think it was Grand Theft Auto Vice City at the time. And we were just going to spend the weekend doing that. Uh, so the first one we popped in was X7, right? Because, you know, it's the first one to go in that way. Um, and I just distinctly remember like so many matches from that just being very captivating. And especially coming to it for the first time, these were like really rough and tumble matches. Like you had Shape McMahon versus... Uh, his dad in that one and then there was the tlc match right after um and then undertaker triple h which felt like it just went on forever with both of them just beating the hell out of each other and then the rock and stone cold (laughs) and then like stone cold turns heel at the end of that show which was like such a such a big deal um in his home in his home state like which is it's so like ballsy it was just such a great show like i i specifically remember the tlc match being like such a like i was i was hooked at that point watching those guys fly through the sky jeff hardy doing that like outside the ring massive ladder through a table bump like i was just so enamored with it from them from then on i mean stuff those like those matches they they set you for but i mean look where it is now like you know the ecw show and the wrestlemania x7 led you to do your own show so do you think both of you in it led you to this point in some way tim I'll let yeah you but like yeah i mean i fell in love with wrestling with wrestling after watching those shows spending that weekend playing those video games i learned like every move you know i was a little i was a kid but then we were we were all just wrestling each other you know backyard stuff just <laughs> Do it, doing uh, things at home that we were explicitly told not to do. Uh, and it was just a lot of fun. Like I, I kind of learned everything about it. I went to town on the like SmackDown uh, video games, like the know your role and and here comes the pain and just like invented my own storylines and all that. So it like it really that one weekend and specifically WrestleMania X7 just put me down this rabbit hole of a love for wrestling that I'm, carrying on 17 years later so 
for me, um, wrestling's come in and out of my life a bunch of times. I've always been a fan. I was never super open about my fandom until I would probably say even the last five years where I would just, I'd, I'd, it, it would be that dirty little secret, but you didn't want to tell people because you didn't want to get labeled a certain way. And then eventually I kind of snapped at it and I was like, no, there's no point in hiding what you're passionate about because there are people who are passionate about everything and there's a world for them to connect with a community and be a part of it and sometimes lead it because that's what we're here for. So when I eventually gave in to my wrestling fandom, that's when I realized like I can have a voice and I can share my voice and the voices of others in the passion that we have for pro wrestling. So for me, while ECW One Night Stand was one, I'll never forget working on a cruise ship in 2016. And this was around the Royal Rumble. And I'm, if anyone's ever been on a cruise ship in any form, the internet is few and far between. The crew have, um, they have internet cards where you can buy for like 20 bucks and get a certain amount of minutes, but the internet's also really slow. Anyway, I picked up one of those internet cards and I was on my phone and I was browsing Reddit and I was on Squared Circle and I saw AJ, or not even AJ Styles debuts in WWE. No, it was a surprise entrant joins the Royal Rumble. And it was AJ Styles. And I was like, oh my God, this is huge. And I'm sitting there at the bar and people are like, what are you watching? And I'm like, I'm watching this clip from the Royal Rumble. Like, this is huge. And people started talking about how they used to be wrestling fans and all this stuff. And eventually everyone suddenly broke out of their little, I don't want to tell people that I'm a wrestling fan shell. And that's when I realized no one's above another person with what they believe in or what they love. So that was a little moment for me that that brought me into wrestling and wanting to be in the community. I think it's interesting and people are saying about me with doing my show and doing this, that it's creating an impact in certain people's lives. But I can give you guys the biggest compliment is that your show and what you guys do for PW Unlimited has reached so many people and the impact you guys have in the reach is tremendous i mean look at joel doing stuff gaming with jeremy on saturdays with fightful even though he's supposedly banned <laughs> but by the way how's that 12 page paper coming it's 24 and uh not so great after i found out that it's not on a topic i thought it would be <laughs> but um be but being honest is just you know having you guys when we did the watch alongs and all the technical stuff it was still fun and Every time you guys come on, I feel honor and privilege because you guys are friends and a lot of people in our community, you know, who are not a part of it. Like you said, they they're like, well, I watch the products, but I don't like follow in it. Or if I talk about, you know, people's podcasts, like we're talking Joel off the air and stuff, you know, it. It, they're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not really into it. But then when they pop into a chat room and you're like, okay. Like you said, people don't get it. Um, you got, when we're recording this, like I said, it's Wednesday. Joel's all excited. So how's those gaming shows going? And when are you both going to be doing streaming on your own gaming again? So on the Fightful end, um, I will say this. The reason that that even started was because one afternoon, Sean started playing, what was it, WrestleFest alone yeah, on a stream. And Jeremy was like, how dare you? And Sean was saying how he couldn't do any 
he couldn't share any gaming. Like he couldn't have, he's not, I was like, I can't have people over and this emulator doesn't allow for uh, network gaming and stuff. And I just joked around with Jeremy and then we started DMing and talking about how we could do it. And that's how we came across Parsec, which is the platform that we use to do our, our online gaming to the point where like, it, it's super easy and super fun to use. And Tim and I have used it both in a stream and also offline. And it's just, it's a great way when you're stuck in a pandemic world to like connect and play old video games with your friends. So those streams are fun. We're trying to do them every Saturday night, I guess, at this point. We're going to do one this coming Saturday. If you're listening on a Saturday, that's when it's happening. Um, yeah, we, we try and play fast and loose with it, but it's about wrestling games and we'll do a free play Saturday when we can. Yeah, you guys did NASCAR and yelled at me for driving while I was listening. <laughs> That's right, because you shouldn't. Yeah, well, I have the Android audio system, so I literally have my phone on the lip, and it's just playing through the speakers. Yeah, There's fine. a difference. I'm wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. So I finally rewatched um, The Mandalorian again, and I think um, – First off, are you, before I get into it, are you guys huge Star Wars fans or do you follow Star Wars uh, at all? I follow The Mandalorian and I'm forced to watch Star Wars by my wife, but I actually enjoy The Mandalorian. <laughs> the, I haven't her, watched yet. Her performance in it, even though it's like maybe four or five lines in it, it's just the, her body in that image of her in the Jedi cloak and all that stuff and her fading out. People originally thought she was going to be Ahsoka. It's not because obviously people are saying Dave Filoni. If you don't know who Dave Filoni is, look him up because I'm not going to explain it. Um, if because I have a feeling she will be going back doing more as you know, there's more and more Mandalorian and stuff like that because they're gearing up to do Ahsoka, her own show. So I wouldn't be surprised to seeing her popping in on that. Uh, do you guys see? her popping more into the Lucas Star Wars Disney area, you know, kind of like where a lot of, you know, former WWE stars kind of pop into the Disney world in some way, shape yeah, or form. I mean, she did really well. Like she didn't feel out of place on the show, which was nice. Uh, and the way they set her up, it seems like her character might come back at least in the Mandalorian. Uh, Cause I don't think we've seen the last of that, uh, that trio. So. Yeah, and Joel yeah. needs to watch it. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do this thing where if there's anything that has a lot of hype behind it, I wait until the hype starts to die, and then I sit and watch it on my own. Well, for me, I had to watch it because, well, my Disney Plus is going to renew, and I don't know when it will do that. I, I bought it early, like everybody else in the world. Um, but back to talking about wrestling at hand, we have Survivor Series this week. Um, what are your expectations of the show? It's it's going to be a good show. It's going to be a weird show, which is what we say every year at Survivor Series. Shout out to WWE for, again, changing the world title match a week before the event. That's, uh, what is that, three years <laughs> out of four now? That's not bad. I'm still a fan of it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be it'll be a good show. It's just going to be confusing a few times through because you've got you know a bunch of face versus face and heel versus heel matchups. Uh, we expected the tag titles to change this past Monday on Raw, but obviously that wasn't the case. Um, no, so no, I, I think that might turn out to be like the sleeper best match of the night, just because the, everyone involved is so mm -hmm. talented. Um, 
I don't know. It's going to be a weird show. I'm not as into the elimination matches as I think a lot of people are. I find them very long uh, most years, and they just, I don't know, they just don't excite me that much. Yeah, when they did it in Toronto in 2016, uh, I was there live in the audience, and it was like an yeah. hour long for the Yeah, I was there too, match. in the nosebleeds. And then I got to see Goldberg come out and kick punch the air and then squash Lesnar, thus destroy. Then I stopped watching wrestling for a while honestly i was just like this is i don't care about these two guys <laughs> i was in the seventh oh, row man yeah i was in the nosebleeds the but also i was in the obstructed view seats like i got my tickets literally that yeah. day uh because i know how the i know a ticket master works with their production holds so i got it for like 45 bucks and i'm like i'm gonna sit in the lower bowl and i won't see everything jealous, but i'll see enough <laughs> It sounds like Fenway Park where you sit in front of the I-beams and you're looking over yeah. to see who hit a home run. Exactly. And that's, yeah. And I know I know throwback you and I talked about this offline last night. Like when I go to wrestling shows, especially arena wrestling shows, I now sit on hard cam and I I refuse to sit in my normal seats because at the end of the day, I'll see everything way better in hard cam and 9 times out of 10 nobody bugs me. I can just kind of sit, relax, just look like you're there. Yeah, Rob said he did the same thing too, which is interesting. For me, though, and I forgot to mention this, and I thought of it after the fact, is that working at an arena, you would sit up in the corner where the handicap seats were at the arena and nobody would walk by because I had, you know, an arena employee shirt. So literally, you know, if I was just walking into work and the show was halfway through, I would literally just stand there and, you know, the like, a famous singers, you know, security guy would be like, wouldn't ask me anything. And I was just like weirded out that, you know, they have these famous people not asking me, why are you just standing there? But of course I am the same person that went through Logan airport and never, never got asked after nine 11, why I was just standing around wearing black shoes, black hat and black you know, hoodie the entire time walking through the terminals. So I mean, it's interesting that all these shows that they're doing and i think for me for survivor series the women's match is the third most intriguing match um just because of how much they've put mana through a table and made her look really really sympathetic um she's sole survivor i mean that has to be yeah so i mean just tremendous disappointment like it just it has to be <laughs> otherwise this has been a long way to get to nowhere unless there's some sort of like six month plan for lana which i doubt oh you know you know what you do you have naya take the first pin flip out grab yeah. lana put her through the table and then lana's out for the entire match comes in when it's the last couple of people and yeah. it's just like the battle royal but she'll get a roll up and she'll get the win Blah. That would be an interesting thing. Or they could do a crucifix and let her win. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, for me, the the match of the night, I think it's going to be, be uh, even though we've seen it a million times, it's because we were talking about her a second ago, is Banks versus Asuka. Because, you know, you have Camilla, you got Carmella looming in the background and Bailey's hiding in the shadows. So, I mean... That would be really interesting to see if one of them makes their move because after this we have TLC. So, I mean, 
it, something is going to happen in this pay-per-view that's going to alter the rest of the year, I think. Hope so. <laughs> and it should be interesting. Um, Drew becoming champion again, as everybody said, I think it's a waste of time. Not because of how it, we got to this, how he got the title last Monday, this past Monday. I think that it should have dropped at SummerSlam a little earlier than everybody thought, and then let him chase after Randy, and then win it, you know, at Hell in the Cell, and not have to change the title. But you know, like Joel said, welcome to WWE, where you know logic thinking doesn't exist. And anything can happen in the WWF. <laughs> the World Life Federation. That's right. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm excited for that Drew and Roman match. I think most people are. But I also have a belief that telling us a million times that something is a WrestleMania caliber or quality match, uh, it doesn't build it after every match is a WrestleMania caliber match. So going into Sunday with uh, with Roman and Drew, it'll be it'll be good. It might be great, but it doesn't matter who wins because no one's there's no title on the line. Bragging rights is nothing. What's Roman going to do? He's going to be yeah, he's probably going to win it, and then afterwards he's going to come out on Friday night and be like, "Yeah, I won. Yeah, exactly. Who's next? And who's next?" Oh, Goldberg. Uh, no, don't do that. No. <laughs> you set yourself up for that. Ugh, maybe the Royal Rumble when they move uh, I venues. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see Goldberg he, at all. Like, I, I don't understand why people are so into him. I, I think that because Roman is only other two opponents that would be likely to line up would probably be, you know, I'm trying to think. You have, you can't do Jay, but you Jimmy could come back yeah. in January, and they could set that up. Or, you know, it's hard because you know the ones that you thought that they could actually do for SmackDown, they took away yeah, and put them the, on. The Raw. draft made everything like a oh, like, bit weird, and it wasn't like a super exciting draft, I don't think. But it did shake things up in a in a kind of subtle, weird way. I mean, for me, I thought the logical person, if they kept him on SmackDown, would have been AJ versus, you know, Roman. But people are hoping for Daniel. And I think that anything after this, they set Daniel up to go for TLC. And, you know, obviously Goldberg has his two matches on his contract. So I think that would be the logical chance to pull it at the Rumble. Yeah. And, you know, there you go. Try if there is a limited amount of fans, see if Dwayne wants to pull the trigger because there was a report out there and I, I read it and I can't source it that WWE was considering giving Roman three high end opponents just to go through and just to possibly if schedules aligned to have Dwayne and two of them one he hasn't faced and one he has, and one was Cena and one was Goldberg. So if anything, I think they they're gonna want to pull that trigger that trigger for Goldberg now, because even if you know Florida allows them to use Tampa in limited capacity, I think it would be a possibility that it would be worth for them. Even though God, I don't want to see it financially. It makes more sense from them to do it. 
when does high school football season end? It usually ends in December. So keep an eye out for December because right now all Bill Goldberg cares about is his son Gage's football career in uh, not career because the kid mm-hmm. is literally in high school. Uh, but they moved to Texas. They moved the damn family to Texas so that he could go to a school uh, so that Gage could get into football. So keep an eye on that because once that ends, uh, Goldberg might have a little more time to, yeah. to beat Goldberg again. Uh, if it's uh, like high school football, they end it um, for fall, depending around Thanksgiving around here. But in some capacities, in some places, it's like around right before Christmas. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if he pops in. And it's it's between football and baseball season because the kid also I think he's a two sport player, yeah. or at least oh, he's God. trying to be a baseball player as well. So. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it is. Goldberg is very much a family man now, and that's admirable. Um, but you can kind of telegraph what he's going to do based on what his kid might be up to because he doesn't want to be anywhere else. He just wants to see his kid grow up and be a star football player. Yeah. Like, like I mean, I, I'm curious to see where they go with it. Like, they could get Goldberg in, but there has to be fans, or I don't see that Goldberg would be even a part of it. Um, I don't think they were banking on Roman versus Jay being as, like, well done as it as it is like i don't think they knew that they were going to have such an engaging story on their hands when they first set out to do it like it really did feel like it was going to be a quick thing and then they realized that they had all this chemistry and now they've got this thing that they can draw out if they need to yeah yeah so to switch up to nxt wednesday night let's pass wednesday night oh my god do you think leon ruff you got to remember though we were making fun of leon ruff the beginning of this year and then he's ending 2020 possibly as the north american champion oh he's not ending <laughs> 2020 as as the united states as badly as, as, as they want it it's yeah no way i think there's a match tonight no like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's probably going to be leon and, and drew and not drew. wow my brain is everywhere it's probably going to be leon and yeah. gargano for the title again yeah, and then Priest does the same thing over again. Loved it. Loved that it. was awesome. Yeah. But but I'm saying it could be a possibility. Just, you know, we were all making fun of him. The guy, at one point, he was being driven to the mat by every single person in NXT and all three brands, literally being destroyed left and right like a rag doll. And he comes out of nowhere and wins the North American Championship. Do you consider this one or you know the top upset in WWE overall or do you still consider you know Sean Waltman's uh you know one two three kid versus you know Scott Hall's Razor Ramon as the number one of all time um I personally I wouldn't say I wouldn't go to an all-time but I would say that this was extremely unexpected um especially if you saw that Ruff's name was, you know, taped onto the wheel for Gargano. So it was a bit of, it it was a surprise, but it wasn't a surprise, but everyone just counted Leon out. And next thing you knew, he was a champion. Uh, I, I wouldn't really put it into the same gauge as, uh, as one, two, three kid and razor though. I think it's just two different times. Yeah. But the impact seems like, you know, 
like I said, we were all were like, wow, this guy, even Sean was saying at one point, this guy takes a beating and still keeps going. I mean, it, it's fun to see this guy finally get his due. I think they were originally high on him for his work, what he did. I think he was an Evolve. So, I mean, it, I, it's exciting to see if they are still, and he's still young, where they go. Um, it Could you see the possibility, like, and I'm just going to throw this out there, the idea of Leon and Dom doing something as a program down the line if they once they get all, you know, more mature and more into their roles and more comfortable in it. I mean, I could see just about anything happening. Could Leon Ruff and, and Dominic Mysterio go into a program? Sure. I mean, it would make Dominic Mysterio look bigger, which, you know, standing next to his dad, mm-hmm. who's like five foot nothing, uh, makes him look bigger. But then he goes into the ring with Seth yeah. Rollins and suddenly he's the same height. Uh, so something with Ruff, yeah, if you want to build him up to be a giant, it would be tough to, to do anything after that. But, you know, it's, it's entirely possible. Yeah, and the future for them is very bright. Uh, so they really basically revealed who the person in the screen mask. It's like the major who done it for the last two weeks. And Hartwell was it. So as a fan of Shotzi Blackheart, as you are, Joel with the helmet and all, <laughs> um, do you see like a tag feud starting to brew between you know Hartwell Larray, Storm, and Shotzi, and where do you see that going? I can absolutely see the four teaming up or going up against each other. Indian, Indian Larray, uh, Candice Larray is going to happen, and if the two tag well together, I can see them trying to make some sort of play for the women's tag titles down the line. Uh, but Tony Storm and Shotzi, it's going to be temporary. Um, probably after that, you know, Tony will continue her ascent, and Shotzi. Shotzi will get her time. I just think she still has some uh, she still has some work to do, but she's also super young. Like she's in her her early twenties, um, but she is she's from speak, speaking from personal experience, one of the sweetest people I've interacted with online and in person. Uh, she's gone out of her way for me before to you know get me merch that she didn't have with her in Toronto, but then did. Like we worked something out, and she's just an excellent human being. So. That's why that's why my Shotzi fandom kind of extends beyond just watching her on TV. That and you've been into the ball pit at all? <laughs> Not hers. I'm married happily. Well, I'm talking about the actual one she was talking about building. The whole thing that she was wondering where she could get all those balls for a room in her apartment or where she's living, where she wants to fill into a ball pit. Oh, I was trying to tell her to hit up Chuck E. Cheese's in the area balls. and look for uh, <laughs> liquidation balls. Yeah, I think yeah. she posted a photo with like a few Amazon boxes. It didn't look like it would fill a room. I don't know. Maybe a, maybe a kiddie pool. No, she needed more. Maybe she should walk in now and change her theme and put ACDC big uh, Yeah, I'm sure big ball be into it. <laughs> oh, pretty- I mean, they have done stuff with major... Um, major record band, rock bands before. I mean, look at everything with Motorhead and Saliva and stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, for it's interesting to see with everything she's done. Um, but tonight's going to be fun. We're going to see here from Finn Balor. Um, I know, you know, Joel's got some stuff after this, but what do you expect to hear from Finn? Yeah, I expect to hear that Tim, he's I'll let you take it. coming back soon and doing okay. Um, 
unless there's been some weird complication that we haven't heard about but uh the fact that they haven't stripped him of the title already tells me that he'll 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 probably be back soon and ready to defend pretty quickly it's uh it's time to find a new challenger yeah for mr balor and i think that a certain former champion who is bald and big beard <laughs> and talking a lot lately uh i think he's going to be the man to uh to challenge Finn at the next takeover. Yeah, I concur. I think Choppa is the, the person that would be perfect fit, but we also have a ghost with a very beautiful woman hiding in the shadows. I mean, no, you know, Johnny that is already doing something. I'm talking. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about cross and Scarlet because you know, something that injury, it, it's only been like three months and it was just, when they did a backstage thing with him and the doctor said, it's just where it connects from the shoulder to the clavicle that was separated. It wasn't like a complete tear that needed, you know, full on surgery that he would probably be out to four to five months. And we're getting close to that. You know, that I think it's been three months since uh, the match with Lee, right? Yeah. That was back in (laughs) time. It's like a weird vortex. Yeah. Yeah. Holy hell. Flat circle, Tim. <laughs> so it could be a possibility that, you know, they could have Cross come out at the next takeover or the next show that they place. I mean, I, I'm i kind of shocked right now that they're not doing anything with Bronson because Bronson has the world and they are really high on him, it seems. So it could be a possibility that, you know, Johnny loses tonight and, you know, Priest and Bronson – go after rough i mean it could be a possibility i think bronson reed's best friends right now are in the locker room and not sitting and making decisions because he's gone all in on social media rightfully so by the way about people who are covid deniers anti-maskers QAnon supporters all of that shit and i'll say it he has gone all in in telling them how wrong they are and how he respects people who wear a mask, people who actually follow social distancing and take a virus seriously. The man is speaking truth, but I think the people who are in charge to whom he's, you know, drawing yeah, attention, you'll notice they might he, have a problem with him. Otherwise, he hasn't been around as much since, since that stuff kind of started, which is a shame because they were very high on him. Exactly. He's putting in great work, but he kind of disappeared over the last few weeks. If they have him come out and have someone like, uh, I don't know, let's say uh, uh, Damien Priest put him down, yeah, you'll know what's up. Do you think tonight we see Undisputed Era return after McAfee's uh, For the Brand group comes back out and starts? Does when McAfee does, oh, yeah, they got to come back, you know, tonight. runs his mouth. Like, I, I would be surprised if we don't see them, yeah. They wanted it. We, people were clamoring for it last week, and you've got a takeover coming up in about two and a half weeks. So it's it's time. It's time to make the announcement. It's time to plan for war games. It'll be good. It's time to do it. It oh, yeah. It would be awesome, but I mean, for we're gonna end the show with some positive stuff. We're not gonna talk about Zelina. I talked about that last night. You guys said you would talk about it. All I want to state is that as 
a person whose mother worked in the United States tax group. Um, this worked as, you know, one of the call center agents and she did it for 20 years before she passed away. Um, it's, it's something where you hear all these conversations and when all the stuff passed out, I was like, I, sh- if my mom was alive, I would have had her on and I would have had her talk about it, but you know, that's not the case. Um, what I have learned from the conversations I've had my mom about the tax codes and stuff like that, because of them, and we're not talking about where Zelina is going to go and stuff like that. We've already, I've already talked about it. Everybody's talked about it. You guys said you would stay talked about it tomorrow, but tax wise, because of the tax brackets that they are on and the in, being considered quote unquote independent contractors, the money that they make. So let's say, you know, for sake, cause her, we talked to her, have just said her name. Selena made $250,000 on her contract. The government's going to take about a good chunk of that. So let's just estimate half, you know, that's literally, you know, 150, let's say 150,000 just because of the brutality of what they do for a living. The insurance on there is ridiculously high. And then the life policies that, you know, WWE says, well, you have to pay for a life policy just in case because look what happened with Owen and all that stuff. So, you know, you're for somebody who may be looking at a $250,000 contract, they're pretty much looking at an $80,000, you know, making yearly. And that doesn't include, you know, the agents, if they have agents outside doing stuff for them that they have to pay the mortgage for their house but if they're taking care of their parents too that their kids you know all that stuff you know so for somebody who works close to 50 hours a week me making you know 18 dollars an hour you know somebody who makes a salary making that much it's not really much after you get taxed on it so them doing twitch would make more sense so you know just for a fruit for thought, you know, before people chastise about, oh, well, they make more doing WWE and, you know, they'll make more when, with the whole thing with Twitch. I, look at the rules, look at the laws, and then look at the person and see how much they make and how much all the taxes come out and stuff in their life. I, obviously, you that's private information. But just, you know, think about how much you get taken out of your paycheck and then assume how much they are getting taken out more because they're not hourly. They're considered salary. Yep. Just for thought. But to end the show on a positive note, what did you guys think of the pictures of Becky and Seth? Oh, wonderful. They both looked so happy and Becky looked beautiful. Uh it's amazing what happens when someone dresses Seth Rollins <laughs> looks real nice. Uh, I'm excited for them. It's really nice. It's, it's it was beautiful to see on a pretty cold and gross Tuesday afternoon in Toronto. It was fun to see for me as a fan, and it's more so because people think that you know you shouldn't a woman that beautiful shouldn't have you know pictures taken out of her being pregnant being pretty much almost near due and you know for me it's more so it's the artistic aspect of it so like you know for it's it's a beautiful thing everybody should embrace something like that in life 
or have who have friends who are pregnant to embrace something in life because you never know what could happen. And I tell people all the time, you live your life now and don't live your life next because tomorrow is not given and things could be taken away instantly. Amen. So um, I got nothing but love for you both. I really do. You guys are amazing friends. Um, uh, we're doing this two day. This is going to be released two days after my mom's birthday. Um, just to take a minute, even though it's going to be sad. My mom was an amazing woman. She would invite you into her house. There would be food and all that stuff. I've talked to Joel about this extensively last night, and I do apologize about that. But it's one of those things where, you know, she made people more comfortable about, about certain things and stuff like that. And it's pretty hard that she's not here for her 69th birthday and certain aspects like my birthday will be next year and I'll be 40 her 70th next year. So it's seeing people say happy birthday to certain people. It's a little difficult. So, but on a positive note, that's why I want to end it with something beautiful like that, because when one thing ends, another thing starts. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, Tell them where they can find you guys because you are, Really amazing Thanks, people, just to say. Yeah. Uh, people can find Tim, me yeah. at Tim Stone P T I M B S T O N E P. It's Tim Stone Pile Driver on Instagram. If you want to find me there. Uh, and before I do the whole socials thing, uh, throwback. Thank you, man, for having us here because this is this is always fun. I mean, it's great to always talk wrestling. It's even more great when you get to talk about it with people who are friends and are in our community. So this was, this is great, man. And like, you're always welcome in our world. Like I hope we are in yours. So this was really cool. Um, To be honest, before you plug your stuff, and this is why I asked you guys to do it. I couldn't, other than the people that that are in our community, I couldn't think of any two people that could help me get through the audio show more capable than you guys. Cause obviously, you know, John from wrestling plug is great. Middle Mike. I was on call uh, calling up in a ring. He does a great, you know, we have our friends at Fightful. We have, but I figured through the majority of stuff besides what me and Rob have done and the round tables and stuff like that, I couldn't have a better two people on, to be on the day before my mom's birthday to make me feel like I'm more at ease of it before we talk about match memories tomorrow. That's dude. That's awesome. For real. I'm, I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited to hear back what what we're talking about. And also, you know, yeah, definitely. I'm excited for your match memories too. (laughs) Yeah. So go ahead, Joel, you can go from there. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I, I love I love awkward plugs from there. Uh, so you can find us at Tim and Joel Pod. Uh, you can also find us timandjoelpod.com. It'll reroute you to YouTube. We're looking for subscribers. We're looking for community members. We're looking for friends. We're looking to get our wrestling talk out to your ears because that's what we do. You can find me personally at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L on all forms of social media because, you know, that's why I'd like to talk about things. 
And you can find him burying <laughs> random people whenever he feels like time. it. He's That's right. <laughs> and you'll find me you'll find me on Fightful randomly because I talked my way into <laughs> playing video games on the internet. Tomorrow it, go to youtube.com forward slash throwback27 for the YouTube channel. Joel has been on there pretty much the last two weeks. Yep. Um, and go check out all the shows and stuff. Eventually, I want both of you guys on if Tim yeah, can get yeah, away from his be. D&D. Thing. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's going to be fun. Match Memories is – check it out. It's going to be live um, when this airs. It was this past Thursday, but we're recording it, so it's tomorrow. It it's going to be very weird, like I said, for being out of the hosting spot in the frying pan. Um, again, more people are welcome to join. So, like, if you guys want to pop in before your show and just give your thoughts of it, you can. Anybody's more welcome. The more the white merrier. Um, it's going to be about and might go on a little bit earlier because I don't know what will happen because <laughs> I don't know if I'll be breaking down in between. <laughs> So, um, but check it out and check out Tim and Joel in the ring on their YouTube stuff. Like they said, go check out Fightful. They do amazing stuff. Also, if you go on the the YouTube channel, click on the link in the description and go check out Sisters uh, Custom Designs. They made a shirt for the show and they did an amazing job. They made a joke shirt for somebody in our community. Not going to say yet. So, you know, it. It is what it is. Um, other than that, do a good deed, pay it forward. Remember, tomorrow's not given. Today's a gift, and tomorrow in the future is a blessing. Because tomorrow we could all end up kind of like where my mom is. I love you, Mom. Have a good night, guys. This is the end of the show. And thank you, my two friends, for being here. I almost forgot in the beginning of the intro. Um, I want to thank the people that have helped me through this. Um, It's important to me to have these people know, um, besides my friends and my family. Um, I want to thank the first person in the community that reached out to me, and that was Sean Ross Epp. Um, He's a great guy. Um, works hard and does a lot of things. Um, the second person was um, Warren Hayes. So I want to thank you, Warren. Uh, your boy, Rob Wilkins. You know, the Fightful community. People like Wild Boy, uh, Hannah Moore, um, Jesse, Davin. You know, the people that were chat when I walked in the first time. Uh, showed up and talked on the first time, introduced uh, themselves and stuff. Um, people that have been on the show, like Tim and Rob, who are on this episode. Um, John from Wrestling Plug. I was on Middle Mike, like I said, his stu- his show, Call Up in the Ring. Um, people like Louis Dangor. Um, you know, so many uh, more people. Um, it's fun to see how much I've changed. It's also fun to see how many friends I have. Um, Anakin JMT is one, you know, Tim Trevor, 
you know, Ron Patel, just these people in general have helped and the community as a whole and it has helped. So I want to thank you guys for it all. It's going to be interesting to see when we get to two years. Um, I know it will be hard for me, but also people go through the same thing I'm going through. I'll be there for you. Um, but yeah, I felt in my heart to actually say all these things in, out loud. Um, without Sean telling his story, Warren asking to me being on a show, Rob coming on and helping me through all this and stuff like that, there wouldn't be a podcast. I wouldn't have people like Rob, Hannah, and DK on and being regular people and making a huge impact in my life, Being having John from Wrestling Plug on, Tim and Joel on here from In the Ring and PW Unlimited. You know, just all these amazing people. Um, if you have a time, even Jeremy Lambert, I know it's down the pipe, but even Jeremy being on for the last few weeks and stuff like that has been a blessing also. Um, so take the time to check these people out. They work hard. They put the effort into it. Um, but all I want to say is thank you guys and much love.